I'd like to welcome you to the Jed Hughes Podcast. Each episode will feature a unique leader and will delve into the qualities that inspire greatness, galvanize organizations, and teach the next generation of aspiring leaders. Jed ran the process that resulted in the hiring of Pete Carroll, Jim Harbaugh, Andy Reid, Masai Uzuri. Now, according to Forbes, Jed is the most connected man in sports. My guest today will eventually be named to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Andy Reid won his first Super Bowl this past year and has one of the most dynamic players in the history of the National Football League and Patrick Mahomes. Andy has this uncanny ability to build incredible relationships with players and at the same time be one of the most creative coaches I've ever coached in the National Football League. Where Bill Walsh was ahead of his time with his West Coast offense, Andy is continually looking for new areas to improve his offense, highlight his players, and give them an opportunity to be successful both on the field and financially. Andy Reid is not only an exceptional coach, but a genuine, sincere, and gracious person. Welcome, friends. Who could have thought seven months ago when you and I got together at the Combine, we'd be going through all the things we've experienced over the last seven months? It's been crazy. Uh, new experience for sure. And you and I are up there in age. So, I mean, this is uh, this is even new for us. And uh, for us, there's not a lot of new going on, but this is, this is definitely it. Being a young coach that wants to get up into the NFL, you played at BYU, you were a graduate assistant, you took a variety of jobs, and then you had the opportunity to join the Packers. Do you think that's still a good route for a young person to, to follow that path, or the paths have changed that much, in your opinion? They've changed. Uh, there are guys in the league that uh, really didn't have to go that route. They might have been a player and were able to just work themselves right back into the NFL. Uh, I, I personally have done that with my kids where they, they rather than come right into the NFL, that they coach at the college level. And then I think that experience is good for them. And then they can come back if, if an opportunity opens to get themselves in the NFL, whether it's with me or somebody else. So uh, just so they have that foundation there of, uh, knowing that everything isn't quite as pristine uh, as it is in the NFL, that there there's a there's a grind that takes place. You know, there, there's there are places where you, you've got to do your own laundry and uh, you've got to wait in line at a doctor's office and, um, you know, all those things. So uh, I, I still think it has value. How did you make the connection with the Packers? How'd that happen? So. When I was a graduate assistant coach, I just got done playing, and uh, and I became a graduate assistant coach at, at BYU. And they they really didn't have any young guys as a graduate assistant. It was no, they had older people that they had brought in doing their uh, doctorates, and they were from a variety of different places, colleges around the country. And so the two other guys that were graduate assistants with me were ten years older than I was. 
and 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 then they brought anyway. So that that's how I I got in with it. Uh, Coach Edwards, Lavelle Edwards, uh, allowed me to uh, do that. And so that that year, Mike Holmgren came in as a as a quarterback coach, oh, and I, <clears throat> at BYU. Oh, yes. okay, okay, yeah. And so I was one of the offensive assistants, our graduate assistants, and I had a chance to get to know him and work with him. And, and he, it's a kind of a corny story, but he told me that someday I'm going to hire you if I'm, if I get a head coaching job. And I said, yeah, okay. Right. Oh. And, um, and he did, you know, he had a couple offers for college jobs. He called me about, um, and then when he became an NFL coach, assistant coach, uh, and he had opportunities, he, uh, he called me also. So one of those were what was the Packers and he had a couple offers a year before that, but uh, turned him down and stayed in San Francisco. But uh, he came back that, that following year and, and called and asked me if I wanted to go. So you, you get in there and you've got assistant offensive line, tight ends coach. Then you eventually got to coach the quarterbacks and you had Brett Favre at that time. And you had Ron Wolf as your general manager. Two Hall of Famers. So that's good to be around. Mike Holmgren needs to be the third one. I'll tell you, he, he should be in there. But that was great. I I also had a chance when I was a tight ends coach. I, I coached two Pro Bowlers, which made my job a little bit easier. Keith Jackson and uh, uh, Mark Chimura. So um, and and then uh, Mike elevated me up to uh, coaching the quarterbacks. I also got to work with Tom Lovat, the line coach, when I was the tight end coach. So he he allowed me to work with the tackles and tight ends together and. And that was a great experience. Um, and really, that's where my heart was at that time, was coaching. I wanted to be an offensive line coach in the league. And uh, and so, but anyway, Mike Holmgren told me to get out of the box. Think outside the box, man. And, and I, I ventured out and had a chance to coach Brett. How important in your mind, in your evolution, and you look at coaches in general that are head coaches in the NFL, to have coached the quarterback in today's environment? Yeah, listen, I... I think when you coach a quarterback, you have to know everything. It prepares you uh, to be a head coach. You know, it prepares you uh, for the demands that uh, go along with that position, you know, how how it represents an organization and, and so on. So, I mean, you, you, get, the, you get the whole gamut. Now, plus, you've got to be thorough when you're coaching him or he's not going to do any good, right? You've got to give him the information. and and work your tail off to get it to them. So, um, and, and that's, you know, I, people have talked about Eric B not coaching the running backs or excuse me, only coaching the running backs and not the quarterbacks, but, uh, I put him in that room. And, and so, uh, right away. And, and even though he's not, uh, by title, their coach, he's, he's still in that room every day, helping coach them. And, and I just thought that that was, that was so important uh, for his progress. So you come to the Eagles. Talk about how you transformed the culture, how, what you tried to do, and how you understood what the problems were, and how you got got it moving in, in an unbelievable direction. Yeah, well, I was able, first of all, I had the support of Jeffrey uh, Lurie, and then and then Joe Banner. So they they gave me full support and. They said, just do do what you want. We want to win games. We want you to feel free to do what you need to do to to get us in, in that position. And and so um, Tom Modrak was our general manager. 
and he knew that whole side of things. And I just coached and I just, that's what I did. And um, I was lucky enough to be able to hire some real good coaches. And uh, we had a solid defense there. I've followed two defensive coaches as, as being a head coach, both in Philadelphia and, and in Kansas city. So um, the, the, that defensive side of the football was solid. Um, in Philadelphia and Jim Johnson was a great defensive coordinator. So I was able to get him to come with us, uh, there and, and, and he took that defense to another level. And then offensively, we, we had to retool a few things. Uh, one of the biggest things was, uh, getting a quarterback. And, um, I brought, I brought Doug with me from Doug Peterson with me from Green Bay. And then I was able to draft, uh, or we were able to draft Donovan McNabb. And that changed everything around, and and we were able to get things going. The uh, ability eventually ended up having personnel responsibilities as well. How important is that? I mean, I look at Pete Carroll. I mean, that's kind of how he does it. Belichick's done it. Bill O'Brien kind of did it, but kind of I think mismanaged it in some ways. But how do, how do you balance that? Yeah. So the one thing Tom Odrak did was he wanted me to be involved right away. And so he would pass, and I don't know how it is everywhere, but he would pass the guys by me and say, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And so we were able to stay on the same page with it. Um, and, and Ron Wolf uh, had taught me, because I was interested in it, he had taught me uh, certain things that, that he did when we, were, um, when we were in Green Bay. And Listen, I came off of coaching the O-line, and now I'm five guys you know, going in the right direction at the college level. Now I'm, I'm asked to coach the tight end, so I had a little bit extra time there. So I tried to wear Ron Wolf out, and he was willing to share some things with me. So um, that, that helped uh, once uh, Tom moved on, and, and uh, it helped uh, with me um, being able to do that job. To do it right and still be involved with the football part, is uh is pretty demanding so i still wanted to call the plays and and do and do the uh the personnel side that that was rough i, I was able to hire tom heckard which was a blessing and and um and i really gave him quite a bit of the responsibility there so things change um decisions are made you end up joining the chiefs and clark hunt and his family and his organization what do you inherit there? Yeah, again, a, a defense that was uh, was solid, aging but solid. And uh, the, you know, some of those guys grabbed me when I got here, and they said, "Listen, you just tell us what to do, and we'll do it." And I mean, you're talking about the Eric Berries, the Houston's, uh, you know, the Ali's. I mean, these guys, um, they they just said whatever whatever you need us to do we're going to do. We just want to win. And so uh, I put, put it out there. This is the game plan and this is what we want to, we want to try to get accomplished here and kind of the culture that we want to set and, and let's go I and mean, let's, uh, let's jump in and, and roll. Then again, I was able to get Alex Smith, um, uh, a quarterback that I always felt would be great in this offense. And, and we, we kind of tooled it around, things that I knew he did in college and, and also things that he had done at the NFL level and still some of the new things with the things we do and, and let him be a part of it and help grow it. So 
it worked out well. I was able to hire, again, great coaches here. Bob Sutton uh, had a phenomenal reputation and kept us in the top five for all those years. And then uh, Dave Tobe on the special teams and, and Doug Peterson uh, worked with Brad Childress and and then Matt Nagy. I mean, those guys all worked as the offensive coordinators through time. So good coaches, good coaches help. And then Eric Bieniemy took over, and we didn't miss a beat. In terms of you staying ahead, I mean, you've got this incredible quarterback. What what are you doing in the off season or whatever to be able to really come up with innovative ways to utilize his skills and the and the and the weapons you have on offense? Yeah, so. Uh, when I was in when I was in Green Bay, I always tried to look at a ton of tape. And John Gruden and I used to talk about this. Um, he he did the same thing. I mean, we get in there and who could watch more more tape and come up with more ideas and and then uh, feed them to to Mike. So I had that foundation. When you become a head coach, you don't have quite that much time to go back through and do everything. You hope that you have guys that kind of have that same interest. Well. Um, here I hired Joe Blameyer, whose dad, I think, you know, uh, he was UCLA played, played for you guys and, um, at UCLA team captain. So his dad, and then went on to be a, uh, athletic director. And, uh, anyways, Joe's his son and, and Joe, um, is a film junkie. Um, he's a lawyer. He has a law degree, but he, he's, he also loves football. So. He, he digs in. I mean, he'll go all the way back to high schools and do that. And then Mike Kafka does the same thing. Eric Bieniemy does the same. I mean, all of these guys jump in and want to bring you ideas. And then when I have free time, I still love doing that. So I, I get in there and, and try to find stuff uh, myself. So, And then Andy Heck and Corey Matei took the run game, and they did that. They just started saying, well, you know, who says this is impossible? Let's try this. And then we've done the same thing in the past. Who says this isn't, you know, who says this is impossible? I mean, until we prove it's impossible, let's, let's give it a whirl, you know. And, um, and we just kind of run with that attitude. In terms of practice and situational football, you look like you do some amazing things that are different than other teams do during the course of the game in terms of how you manage the clock and how you manage the situational aspects. of it. How much of that do you practice? Yeah, we do it uh, a ton during training camp, and then we break up the week and we do it uh, during the week. We try to be as accurate as we can and try to have done enough homework before you fall into those situations as we can. And then once you're in them, we try to communicate the best way we can. So it works out well. Everybody's got their their spot that they're responsible for. We kind of check the egos at the door and listen, if this is your area, Step up, man. Say what you say what you have to say, and let's let's go. And nobody's arguing with anybody that way, and there's not conflict on the headset, which you know can be oh, yeah. uh, devastating. So, so there's you know guys respect each other, and 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 everybody knows that they that person's done his homework in that area, and then we roll with it. On the wellness and mental health aspects of your team, are there any unique things that you've incorporated? We have a sports psychologist uh, on on hand here at the um, at the facility, and and so he does a ton of behind the scenes things with the players that are confidential to he and the player. Um, 
which which is good because there's so many distractions out there for these guys. Uh, life is as complicated for NFL players as it is for normal people. So to have uh, uh, somebody there that they can talk to is important um, that isn't part of the business. You know, it's uh, it's something to take care of the personal side. On the other side, I try to keep things uh, positive. I want the guys, I think if they come to work um, and they like coming to work, I think that's a good thing. I think we're here to be teachers. I think these guys, they if handled the right way and you got to treat them all a little different, right? They're all, they're all different people. So, um, but I think for the most part, they want to do well. They don't want to go embarrass themselves. They, they want to win. And so we, we try to give them guidelines. Uh, we still have to stop at red lights, right? So we're yeah. going to give you these guidelines to try to uh, help you, but we don't want it to disrupt your personality either. We want that to be a part of it and, and try to maximize what you do best. And then we'll work on those things that maybe you, you don't do as well and try to get you better at that. So uh, whether with all this free agency that goes on, whether I, I want these guys to make money so that they have a good life um, when they're done. It's a, it's a tough business and it's a short lifespan in this business. Uh, you know, you're talking three years to five years is a pretty good career at this thing. So let's make as much money as we can. Let's win as many games as we can in championships and, and let's roll. In terms of uh, your development of coaches, was there someone in your life uh, or in the Packers or that helped you understand how important it was to elevate your assistants and give them a chance to move on? Because there's some head coaches that kind of block people. They don't necessarily want to promote them and have them lead. And you've seen them taking the opposite point of view. Yeah, well, I got blocked, but I was told it would be a positive thing, you know. So, uh, and it worked out. I, I was uh, back, you remember when they had, the supervisory coach, I think it was called. And, and so I, here I'm like the only tight end coach is a supervisory coach. All, everybody else is coordinators. And the only way you can get out of that was to uh, become a head coach. And so Mike and Ron Wolf told me, they just said, listen, <clears throat> um, you do this um, thing. Uh, we're not going to pay you more, but if you do this, this is what uh, your future looks like you're it's making a statement to every owner they've, they've got your name on their desk right away so when they're looking for head coaches you know they're going to see all of a sudden this guy is a tight end coach how the heck did he become a supervisory coach you know so that's kind of how it started um, and I, I, I tell my assistants that I said it doesn't it doesn't matter I'm never going to dog you in the media you know you you work your tail off and you learn, and I'm open up. I, I mean, I communicate with them and uh, share things with them. So, uh, on what it takes to be a head coach, I don't mind doing that. I don't have guys that like look beyond their job to do become a head coach. They, they take it upon themselves to try to be the best they can. So, that's a. But I try to share. You know, it's a it's a different seat when you're a head coach. It's a, and so if you can get a couple of behind the scenes things before you become the head coach. And uh, I think that that'll help you down the road. What are a couple of things that are keeping you going now? I mean, here you are, you're talking to me, you and I are both moving up yet. You yeah. the same passion and energy and yeah. with the players and they seem to really enjoy and respond to you. Yeah. No, I mean, I love doing what I'm doing. I mean, I, I get excited every day to come in. Um, I get, it's funny because you know this, Jed, that 
the, the players really stay the same. Yeah. I mean, it's the same age group. They're all different personalities, but I'm dealing with the same age group, really, within a 10-year span. It's the same age group, you know, 20 to 30, and that's kind of what it is. And if they're younger or older, normally that, you know, it's, it's, it's odd, but we're getting older. And, and so it's a different dynamic, but it keeps you younger. It, it keeps you fresh. And, um, and so I enjoy that part of it. You know, they treat me like a grandfather now as opposed to, uh, uh, you know, a, a dad or a coach, but they, um, but they also know that I'm all in with them. So I, I'm just trying to find the best thing to give them an opportunity to be great, you know, and, and that's, uh, that's what I think is important. And once you lose that, then you got to get out. I, I tell, uh, you know, I, I tell my wife, I go, <clears throat> we have that beach house in California. And I say, well, when I can't get out of this chair right here, that's when it's over. <laughs> that's when it's over. So when I, when I say, Hey, listen, I'm going to just stay right here. And then it's over. But I, I sure, I don't feel that way at all. Just listening to the empathy and the way you want your players to succeed and make money and so forth, they got to feel that and want to play for you because you have you have their their support. And somebody feels like you're you're in their corner, they're going to go to bat for you. Yeah, well, that's what that's what everybody wants, I think. Right? I mean, that's that's what you and I want. That's what everybody wants. And then you got to handle it right. So they're if you don't handle it right, then you, then you can't uh, you can't be here. I mean, that's a, it's it's simple. So. If you handle it right, you can be here for a long time. No doubt. And, uh, first of all, thanks again for coming on. I know how hard it is to take time out. I really appreciate you doing that, Andy. Congratulations. Keep going and stay healthy. All right, Jed. Appreciate you, man.